Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Tuesday, September 17th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. President Donald Trump has proclaimed this week as National Farm Safety and Health Week. It's a very important week at a very important time of the year. We'll dig deeper into that subject with Louisiana Farm Bureau Safety Director Wendell Miley coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. The Trump administration has offered Democrats a counterproposal regarding demands for the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. That counterproposal was sent to the House of Representatives' leadership last week. It addresses concerns raised by Democrats, according to Politico. The proposal from U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer offers a fix to concerns raised on how disputes between governments are resolved. Additionally, the proposal addresses labor, environmental, and pharmaceutical concerns. The counterproposal is increasing optimism that the agreement can be finished this year. Dairy operators considering enrolling in the new Dairy Margin Coverage Program for this year have until Friday to do so at their local Farm Service Agency office. Rod Bain has more from Washington. Dairy producers, this reminder from Steve Peterson of USDA's Farm Service Agency. September the 20th is the deadline to apply for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program for the 2019 year. This 2018 Farm Bill Safety Net Program for dairy farmers includes a 25% premium discount to lock in coverage levels until 2023. And for producers still deciding in remaining days whether or not to enroll in DMC, an online decision support tool is available. The producers can go in and look at projections. They can determine what the premium costs are going to be. And it's a really good tool for producers to go in and determine options, what coverage levels they should look at based on price projections that are being estimated. Enrollment in 2019 dairy margin coverage concludes this Friday at local Farm Service Agency offices. More details about DMC are also available on Online at the Dairy Margin Coverage webpage at www.farmers.gov. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Dry weather conditions across Louisiana have allowed sugarcane farmers to make big progress planting cane last week. That's according to the latest Louisiana Crop Progress and Condition Report released yesterday. That report shows sugarcane planting now 83% complete. That's a big jump ahead of last week's 57% and well ahead of the five-year average pace of 73%. Harvest is moving forward in Louisiana as well thanks to the dry conditions. Soybean harvest now at 38% done. The five-year average pace is 51%. Sweet potato harvest now 19% done. That is a bit behind the 27% five-year average. And we're getting underway with cotton harvest. We're now 9% harvested here in Louisiana, right on track with the 8% five-year average. Crop condition ratings shape up like this. Soybean ratings now 7% excellent, 61% good, 27% fair, and 5% poor to very poor. Sugarcane ratings show 6% of the crop rated excellent, 50% good, 38% fair, and 6% poor to very poor. 
The cotton crop, 7% excellent, 58% good, 32% fair, and only 3% rated poor. Sweet potatoes, 66% good, 34% fair, and none of the crop rated poor or very poor. We finally seen some good news this week in the continuing trade war with China. Don Molino has more. The Chinese have announced they will purchase $67 million worth of U.S. soybeans and will at least delay planned tariffs on pork and beans. Charles Canatella, chairman of the Louisiana Soybean Grain Research and Promotion Board, says this is good news if... You know, the soybean market, any news of uh, Chinese buying or new buys by other countries, you know, the market wants to come back. The market definitely needs this, this trade dispute tariffs situations resolved so it can settle down and, you know, start working off, you know, start trading supply and demand again. And But it's good news if they continue to buy and, and follow through on the bond is, is one of the things that kind of concerns me. You know, we've heard this before that Chinese are going to buy and then they don't follow through and eventually, you know, take shipment of it and buy it. So hopefully that doesn't happen this, this go around, but uh, it has happened before. Charles, you think this might be the light at the end of the tunnel? The grain markets, uh, you know, the tariff, really all the grain market, corn, soybeans, grain, sorghum, everything is, you know, kind of depressed with this tariff situation going on, so. Hopefully, uh, if I read right, there's going to be some discussions starting this week in the, on a trade dispute. So hopefully we can get a few things resolved. And, you know, we really need to get our USMC trade thing settled, too, with Canada and Mexico. They're great partners for us in the ag commodities. And I think that would, you know, stabilize the markets, too. Raymond Shakespeare is a soybean farmer in West Baton Rouge and Pornkapee parishes. Yeah, I think the whole embargo thing, I mean, I believe it was necessary. You don't wish that on anybody, but, I mean, we uh, it was time we did, somebody did something. You know, the farmers took a pretty good hit from it, I think, and uh, kind of bad we didn't have any say-so in it. And then something like this, any kind of disruption, in the long term, it makes your buyer kind of, I'd say, leery for a little while until they can count on you again. Back in the 80s when they had the Russian grain embargo deal, took two and a half years for the prices to come back just the way they were before the embargo. I think just because they're stepping back in, I don't think the market's going to bounce back to where it was before. And he says the Soybean Promotion Board hasn't been twiddling their fingers waiting on China. Soybean Board has spent a bunch of money on expanding smaller markets that maybe some of these countries... We're using some beans, buying some U.S. beans, but not as much as we thought, you know, per capita as what, uh, say, China was. And some of the other countries that weren't buying more per capita. So that's what the soybean board has started doing with the checkoff dollars before this all started. So hopefully with some of these other markets we picked up and China getting back in, maybe we can have a little faster price recovery than we would have had without that, I think. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. 
That's a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Don't forget to check our website and stay up to date, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com or voiceoflaag.com. We update that site every weekday with all the latest news and happenings in Louisiana agriculture. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Just click the button right in the middle of our homepage. It says click here to receive our daily news update. Fill out your name and email address. We'll send The Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Profit-taking came into the grain markets today taking back a lot of those gains that we saw yesterday. Grayson Close is a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Yeah, uh, we're looking at lower markets today, um, but November beans are still hanging above that 890 mark, so that's a good sign that we may have carved out a new bottom for the time being. Uh, crop ratings yesterday coming in uh, just a slight bit lower than they were the week before, probably due to corn hitting that maturity point where it's going to start drying down and getting closer to harvest. Trump did announce that he's got a pretty good trade deal agreed with Japan, and hopefully that will put pressure on China to try to come to the table and make an agreement that will yet to be seen. He did notify Congress, though, that, that the Japan deal was done and something similar to the USMCA, so we'll look for details for that later. November soybeans down six and a quarter, 893 and three quarters. January beans down six and a half at 907 and a quarter. December corn lost six cents to close at 368. March corn down six at 380 a bushel. July wheat down four and a quarter, 498 and three quarters. We did see a higher close in the rough rice market. November rice up six cents, 1227 and a half. January rice up seven at 1243 and a half. November sugar down four points at 2551. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. For the week ending September 15th, USDA reports Louisiana now had 77% of its cotton bowls open, compared to 65% this time last week. 9% has now been harvested, 1% this time last week. The Louisiana cotton crop reported at 3% poor, 32% fair, 58% good, 7% excellent. Cotton futures shopped the door in most contracts on Tuesday. An auction of state reserves saw all of the 11,349 metric tons of cotton sold on Tuesday. New crop December, 6130 down 129. The spot market price, 6138 up 79. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Still waiting on some cash trade to develop this week. Cattle owners are not rushing to sell any cattle this week. If you look at the futures market, we've got kind of a stair-step pricing going on with prices moving higher into December and January. So that causes the feedlots to hold on to those cattle in hope of catching those higher prices as we move further into the year. So asking prices this week are higher in all regions. The packers, of course, playing the waiting game, hoping they can wait those feeders out and get lower prices or at least steady money compared to last week. We did see a nice move upward in the futures market with October live cattle jumping a dollar 35, 99.35. October feeder cattle took a big jump up 310, closing at 137.30. This is the time of year when you have to be extra careful on the farm. Harvest season is busy and the potential for an accident is very high. 
That's why we're celebrating National Farm Health and Safety Week this week. We'll visit with Wendell Miley, Safety Director for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, about the emphasis on safety this week. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. As the old saying goes, close only counts in horseshoes. So why take the chance with weather information when it comes to critical decisions with your fields? It's time to experience pinpoint field-level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN Ag Weather Station. With this level of information, you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. Head to DTN.com today to learn more. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest today is Wendell Miley. Wendell is the safety director for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You doing all right today, Wendell? Yeah, Karen. It's a good day. We've got a good week going on. This is National Farm and Health Safety Week, and I wanted to talk to you about that. You know, we celebrate these safety weeks a couple of times a year. Uh, we've got one going on right here in the fall, right in the middle of harvest. I guess this is a good time to really emphasize farm safety. Absolutely it is. The theme this year, Carrie, is shift farm safety in the high gear. And uh, really, I guess that tells me that really we're trying to impress upon our farmers to make sure that they keep safety in the forefront whenever they're out there bringing in the crop during this, uh, during this harvest season. And we're also trying to emphasize that to consumers as well, especially out on those roadways. Let's talk about the first subject that you want to tackle, and that is tractor safety, roadway safety. It's very, very important that we keep that in mind this time of year. Absolutely is, Kerry. You know, agriculture as an industry is one of the most dangerous uh, in the country. And a lot of our fatalities nowadays, about a third of those who actually get killed Uh, out on our highways involve some sort of tractor-related accident. So uh, we're really trying to impress upon things that farmers need to be doing to protect themselves out on the highway and really what what consumers need to be doing to make sure they're slowing down, recognizing that SMVM on the back of that tractor, and know that those vehicles are going to be moving at a lot slower speed as they try and bring in the harvest of their crops uh, this fall. The emphasis here on Tuesday is on a couple of subjects that we really don't like to talk about, but they're very real and they're very important. We're talking about farmer health. We're talking about opioid addiction in rural Louisiana. We're talking about suicide prevention. It's a very touchy subject, but it's a very important subject, especially with the ag economy in the situation that it's in right now. Absolutely. So, uh, like I say, we haven't had a whole lot of conversation about these topics really in the past because, you know, I guess it's been kind of taboo. People just didn't want to discuss it. But uh, you're seeing more and more uh, mental health professionals, uh, you know, working with farmers uh, out in the rural countryside, trying to make sure that uh, they're, they're staying mentally fit to get in the crop at this time of the year, because there is so many different things that farmers have to deal with day in and day out to make sure that everything is going right to uh, to make sure that operation is a successful operation. So uh, a lot a lot of things going on in the area compared to years past. And as you mentioned, opioid issue out in uh, rural America really has become an epidemic. And uh, there are some some programs that are being done uh, out nowadays to try and to 
get the word out about uh, what we need to be doing to, uh, you know, be, be on the lookout for that and uh, trying to uh, hopefully head off possible suicides because of uh, this, this issue that's really been plaguing our, our farm community for quite some time now. On Wednesday, the emphasis is on child safety. And unfortunately, Wendell, we end up with injuries on the farm, sometimes child fatalities. Uh, This is something that is very, very important and can really hit close to home for us. Absolutely. You know, Carrie, it's really difficult to lose uh, the farmer on the farm, to lose a farm hand. But when it involves a child, uh, losing his life because of some sort of farm uh, accident, whether it be machinery, whether it be rolling over a ATV on the farm, whether it be drowning in a farm pond. There are a lot of hazards on the farm that kids can get exposed to. So we as farmers and uh, parents need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to protect our kids. Great way to grow up, but a lot of hazards out there for the kids that could cause them possible injury or death. And they're just making sure we're watching out for them. We're, we're giving them age appropriate tasks that, that is not too much for them to handle on the farm. And as they grow, add those tasks to their workload. But uh, definitely a, a topic that we've discussed for many, many years. Matter of fact, I just heard recently in Southwest Mississippi, about an hour North of Baton Rouge where a young kid about four years old was crushed by a piece of farm equipment. So uh, just a tragedy which we, we hate to hear of those, and we hope that uh, you know by doing these type of programs, we can get the word out to hopefully prevent those from continuing to occur across America. On Thursday of this week, we're emphasizing safety in confined spaces and grain bins. You know, we've really made a push with that here in Louisiana on grain bin safety. In fact, you buried me in a grain bin here a few years ago uh, in a safety demonstration. Uh, yes. That is that is something that's very real because we've had those accidents happen here in Louisiana. We have. It has been a really good program for us, an awareness program to get the information out there about the dangers of getting into a grain bin. And um, we started our program back in, I think, 2013. Our Mississippi Farm Bureau buddies come over with their grain bin trailer and it simulates what it's like, as you just said, to get caught up in a grain bin and how do you go about extracting somebody. And Carrie, sad to say, about 65 to 70% of those um, confinements usually ended in death. So, uh, and typically, if there is a rescue, that rescue takes anywhere from three to four hours. So it's a long, drawn out affair. But uh, we will continue to do this program. We will have three more set up in the northern part of the state this year. We've been down south for a couple of years, so we're going to move back to the north and uh, try and find three locations to put this uh, program on again in late February. We'll be getting information out about that before too long. And we're going to wrap up the week on Friday, focusing on safety for women in agriculture. Women are taking on more and more of a role on the farm. Women are owning and operating more and more farms, so it's important that we emphasize safety for women on our farms and ranches. You know, and those are the, that's the group of, of, of people, I guess, through the years from a safety perspective that has wanted to hear about the safety information that's available, you know, to them, for their husbands, for their workers. And that now there's more of a focus, as you mentioned, to, to kind of speak directly to them because more and more women are involved in running a farming operation nowadays as compared to 10, 20 years ago. So there is this emphasis in making sure that we continue to, to get this information to our women farmers and to make sure that they're staying safe as they continue to uh, plow the fields and bring the crop in. And uh, it's, uh, it's just another area or segment, I guess, of our population, and we're trying to, to make sure they stay educated as well like all the others. 
This is National Farm and Health Safety Week. We're celebrating it and emphasizing it here in Louisiana. Wendell, you have a ton of resources, free resources, that people can take advantage of, groups, organizations. How can people get a hold of you, and what type of resources do you have to offer them? Uh, just go to our website and just go down to the, to the safety tab. Tab, lfbf.org and uh, you should be able to find information there yeah I'm, my email is wendell m at lfbf.org email me and if there's something i can help you with i can uh, send along some information back to you uh please feel free to drop me a line and i'll uh, do what i can to, to help you wendell miley he's safety director for the louisiana farm bureau federation thanks a lot my friend thank you buddy appreciate it have a great day That wraps up this Tuesday edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.